0: Sidewalk Audio presents Shadow Magic, a podcast novel by John Lennon, read by the author. Chapter 12 The Hazel Lands This was an attack I was not going to survive. I had seen Araf's bantastic prowess, and I had seen his strength and agility with the boar. Plus, I was unarmed. I dropped to my knees and covered my head. I felt the swish of his lead-filled stick as it traveled close to my head, and then I heard a crack and a squeal of a boar behind me. I opened my eyes, without taking my hands off my head, looked around, and saw an unconscious boar. "'Good one, Arath!' Fergal yelled. "'I didn't even see him coming.' This is a bad sign, Essa said. The pukas need to be informed of this. Pukas? Pukas are the animal tenders in the land. They're having a hard time at the moment. Kilti has stopped their gold allowance completely. They must have abandoned the Eastlands. We should get back to the fire. So, none of you are going to kill me? I called after them, still... On my knees with my arms covering my head. Not me, Fergal said. Maybe later, Essa said. How about you, Raf? I asked, standing. I'm just a farmer, he said. I don't kill people. After the animal attack, Essa decided we should keep guard. My trouserless sleep, the boar fight, and the near death experience had left me wide awake. I volunteered to take the first watch. My three companions went out like cheap light bulbs. I was relieved to see that I wasn't the only one who was tired after a long day of riding. I threw a piece of wood on the fire and softly said thank you to whichever tree gave it to us. It was the first time in the land that I had been outside at night and not been unconscious. I studied the stars. It unnerved me to see a night sky so unfamiliar. The air was packed with stars that seemed close enough to throw a rock at. There was no moon, but the night didn't need one. The starlight cast a shadowless glow on everything that made the forest seem incandescent. Other than Fergal's flopping in his sleep, all was perfectly still. It was nice to be out of the closet, so to speak. I'm not a very good liar, and it felt right to be honest. I liked these people. Okay, it would be nice if Fergal talked less and Araf talked more, but those were not big problems. I really liked Fergal. Underneath the laddish exterior, I knew he had heart. Araf, on the other hand, was a tough nut to crack. I was beginning to realize that, although he was the most taciturn man I had ever met, when he did say something, it was important. I had no problem placing my life in their hands. Essa was my real dilemma. She was just about one of the most wonderful girls I had ever met, but she was so hostile. If she had been like this when I first met her, I don't think it would have bothered me so much. A beautiful woman that turns out to be a jerk loses her beauty in my eyes, but Essa and I got along great at first. These days I flinch every time she scratches her nose. I watched the firelight dance on her face. No matter how cold she had been to me lately, I couldn't help thinking how lovely she was. I don't think I fell asleep looking at her, but I kind of got hypnotized. I let the fire get low, and I didn't snap out of it until Essa shot open her eyes. What are you looking at? I was just thinking how nice you are when you're asleep. You've almost let the fire go out, she said. Did you close your eyes? No, but I am now. It's your watch. I put my head down. It stung where the boar hoof had clipped my forehead, and I winced. Essa picked up a twig and set fire to the end and brought it towards my face for light. Let me clean that wound for you, she said. It looks nasty. No thanks, I said. I prefer not to be nursed by people who want me dead. I rolled over, but sleep wouldn't come. She was trying to be nice, and I was mad at myself for being stubborn. I stewed over how I could have dealt with that better. Soon, the stillness of the night and the crackling of the fire lulled me. Then I heard it. It might just have been a dream, but I don't think so. Just before I fell asleep, I could have sworn I heard Essa whisper, Thank you, Connor, for saving me from the boar. I woke to the smell of bacon. Oh, it's all a dream, I thought to myself. I'm back home in my bedroom and Dad's in the kitchen cooking me breakfast. But instead of a face full of cotton, I opened my eyes to a face full of grass. Araf had butchered the boar I had killed and was cooking ham steaks over the fire. Essa was not to be seen, and Fergal was still asleep. Good morning, I said, not expecting an answer and not getting one. I stood up and went over to Fergal and shook him on the shoulder to waken. His banshee blade popped out of his sleeve and stabbed the air in the exact place where my nose had been seconds before. I jumped back and grabbed my banta stick. For crying out loud, I screamed. You almost killed me with that thing. What are you talking about? Fergal said as he got up. Then he saw his blade was out. He cocked his wrist quickly and it disappeared up his sleeve. I did it again, didn't I? Araf nodded. "'That's it,' I said. "'From now on, I wake you with a stick, too.' Essa returned. "'What is all the noise?' "'You've heard of sleepwalking? "'Well, Fergal was sleep-stabbing.' "'What?' "'Never mind,' I said. "'Just be careful if you have to wake him.' "'We broke camp. "'I dried the blood off my forehead. "'It hurt like hell. "'I should have let Essa do it last night.' I climbed into Acorn's saddle unaided. I was quite proud of myself, even if no one seemed to notice. The inside of my legs howled in protest at the prospect of another day on horseback, but it didn't hurt as much as I expected. The landscape was green and rolling, sprinkled with the odd tree here and there. The day was warm and pleasant. The land was in the height of summer. It made me wonder how spectacular the autumn must be. Since it seemed we weren't being followed, we rode in pairs and talked freely. Essa had lightened up a bit. She told me we were not taking the most direct route to the Reedlands, as to avoid castles and villages. We would be traveling all day in the Eastlands, the so-called No Rune lands, and tonight we would camp on the edge of the Hazellands. The Hazellands, I said. You mean my mother's home? Yes, Essa said. The shortest path takes us past Castle Cull. Castle Cull? Do you mean the Hall of Knowledge? Yes. But I thought the Hall of Knowledge was destroyed. It was. My father told me to avoid it, but I want to see where your brother died. Her head snapped around. She had a fierce look in her eyes. How do you know that? Your father told me. I'm sorry. It must be awful to lose a brother. Her face softened. He left to study at Cull when I was very young. He sent me a letter every week telling me all the gossip from the Hall of Knowledge. I so desperately wanted to study there when I grew up. He used to write quite a bit about your mother. He was very fond of her. Does anyone know what happened? No. No. Your grandfather Finn called a meeting of the rune lords. Una was going to try and find out who or what destroyed Kull, but the night before the rune casting, she died in her sleep. My father accused Kilty of killing Una. What did Kjolti say? Essa asked. Well, he didn't deny it. The more I hear about this uncle of yours, the less I like him. Well, I certainly took an instant dislike to him. I'll leave it up to you then, Connor. Shall we go to the Hall of Knowledge and see for ourselves? I think we should. She smiled. A weak smile, but a smile nonetheless. The first I had seen on her face since the party. Fergal yelled, Cherries! And broke into a gallop. Araf and Essa kicked into a gallop. and acorn followed suit, and I almost fell off the back. Once I got used to the terrifying speed, I found that galloping was the smoothest ride of all. Acorn seemed to almost float in the air as I pumped my arms in rhythm to his bouncing head. Ahead, the others had stopped in front of an orchard of cherry trees. Acorn stopped next to them, and I nearly went over his head. The riding part I was getting good at, it was the stopping, turning, and starting I was having trouble with. Fergal reached up, picked a fruit, and popped it into his mouth. You didn't ask permission, I said. You don't have to with cherries, Fergal mumbled as he spit out a pip. Cherries are the friendliest trees in the land. They love getting picked. It's like you're doing them a favor. As we walked our horses through the grove, the trees lowered their branches to us. We picked and ate to our heart's content. Some trees even dropped cherries on me. They were delicious. A filled his hat, and I stuffed as many in my saddlebag as I could fit. The feeling of welcome among these trees was overwhelming, and when we left, I could sense that they wanted us to take even more. That night around the campfire, Fergal told me why he wanted to see Deirdre. I want to find out who I am, he said. I was raised by a woman called Briathi She was a raft's nanny. Now, as you can see, I'm not an imp. Briathi knew who my real parents were. She promised to tell me all, When I reached rune age, she died before she could tell me. How did she die? She went out foraging for mushrooms and ate a poisonous one. A lifetime of mushroom picking. I can't imagine how she could have made such a mistake. She was a good woman. I'm sorry for you both, I said. Araf nodded. So that's why I want to see Deirdre, Fergal concluded. I hope she can use her magic to tell me who I am and where I came from. I hope so, too. Essa took the first watch. I was asleep the moment my head hit the ground. I dreamt I was in a rainstorm, but it wasn't raining water, it was raining cherries. I put my arms out to my side and Lent my head back and caught cherry after cherry in my mouth. I looked and saw Fergal doing the same. Scores of cherries were pouring into his mouth. As he tried to chew them, the dark red juice poured out of his mouth. I awoke with that image in my mind's eye. Essa woke me. It was my watch. She had just closed her eyes when I saw a light approach. It was erratic, like someone running with a candle. As it got closer, I saw that no one was holding it. An incredibly bright light was just floating in the air, and it was coming directly for us. I shook Essa and pointed. She sat up alert and then laughed. Connor, haven't you ever seen a firefly before? Not like that. That's a floating 60-watt light bulb. I don't know what you're talking about, but it's just a firefly. Look. She closed her eyes and whispered, Lamprog, and it flew straight to her and lit her face. I used to do this when I was a little girl. The firefly flew into her cupped hands. She whispered to it, and it fluttered into her hair and sat there like a magic jewel. Good night, Connor. She put her head down and closed her eyes. The firefly stayed in place and illuminated the side of her face. You must have been a lovely little girl, I said. She didn't open her eyes, but she smiled and said, I was. The firefly stayed there until her breathing became regular and then flew off. I imagined to find a proper little girl. The next morning we had traveled for less than an hour when we reached the border of the Hazellands. You can actually see it on the ground. One step was green and alive. The next was brown and dead. Acorn was hesitant to cross the line. We traveled in silence and saw nothing alive. I had seen drought-stricken land before, but this was worse. It was as if the life force of the place had gone and nothing had the will to survive. raft was in front. He crested a hill, stopped, and dismounted. Actually, to say he dismounted is being generous. He almost fell out of the saddle. He stared at the landscape ahead of him and dropped to his knees. I crested the hill and saw what he had seen. A huge field, as far as the eye could see, was blackened with ash and burnt crops. Oh, my god, I heard from behind me. It was Fergal. Is that... The field? Araf nodded without looking up. What's so special about this field? I asked. They studied everything at the hall, Fergal explained. Even farming. This is a special garden where the imp students would try new things. It was supposed to be beautiful. Araf lost a cousin here. I dismounted and put my hand on Araf's shoulder. Sorry, I said. Didn't seem enough, but he placed his hand on mine in thanks. This was the true beginning of the desecration of the Hazel Lands. Before, everything was just dead. Here, as we got closer to the hall, I could see the deliberate destruction. Hazel trees were torched, and worst of all, I saw an apple tree cut down and left to rot. It made me feel ill. As the top of the hall just started to come into view, Acorn got very jittery, he sidestepped, whinnied, and stopped unexpectedly. I got the impression that Acorn had memories of this place, and they were not pleasant ones. I toyed with the idea of getting down and walking. I wish I had. Just as I crested a rise and received my first full view of the ruins of the Hall of Knowledge, we startled a flock of ravens. For hours the Hazel Land had been completely lifeless. This explosion of squawking and beating of wings was too much for Acorn. He bolted. I didn't think anything could be scarier than standing in front of a charging boar. I was wrong. Acorn was breaking all known horsey speed limits, and I was powerless to stop or even influence the beast. I was flying past some outbuildings of the castle when I heard Fergal come up on my left yelling. Boy, we were moving fast. He reached over to grab my reins, but he didn't make it. He never saw what happened. I did. As we galloped between two burnt-out buildings, I saw a thick rope pop up and stretch across our path. It was too low to duck. I only had time to think, this is gonna hurt. It did. You have been listening to Shadow Magic, a podcast novel by John Lenehan. Music gratefully provided by Lunasa. To hear more of their fabulous music, please visit their website, www.lunasa.ie. That's www.lunasa.ie. For more information about Shadow Magic or its author, please visit www.shadowmagic.co.uk Thank you very much for listening.